Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Halloween! <laughs> so you play? Oh my god! <laughs> I was not expecting that. Obviously, <laughs> then it worked. I was gonna. I was just gonna say "boo" really loud, but I was like, some people might be driving. Maybe I shouldn't. So we'll go like yeah. somewhat. somewhat <laughs> so scary, let's just have a but... screaming goat. <laughs> Uh, oh man well yeah i guess this is getting released on uh on monday there so happy halloween everybody yeah we would love to see what everyone's costumes are especially yeah. if you went as any ducks players that'd be sick if anyone yeah. went as gets laugh and went like full shaven the head cue ball <laughs> that would be perfect <laughs> that would be great i i that that would be fun to do actually it wouldn't be the first time i've shaved my head either no <laughs> not for halloween could pull it off yeah could pull it off so wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still just I'm, I'm rattled by that goat scream. <laughs> it's, a game, it's, it's a wild way to start. It's a wild way to start it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, I know we had uh last night. Like we're recording on Sunday before the Leafs game, so uh, we are not going to be talking about the Ducks versus Leafs. That'll be on Wednesday's episode. Just to let everybody know. Um. But uh, yeah, I know we had uh, a Halloween party last night. That's at, good that uh, you you know that at, it happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I remember everything yeah. from uh, from last night. But um, yeah, I know you were uh, you were the DD last night, and like we went yeah. pretty late. Like, how are you just tired wise right now? <laughs> uh good because I I slept for a long time. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, I slept till like noon or so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. yeah, I guess I slept till like eleven. 11 11 30 ish which is late for you so yeah but i didn't go to bed till like after four. Oh yeah <laughs> by the time of like cleaning up and everything like that so oh you cleaned up um, last night no it's like no it's it's still trashed out there oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess myself so because i had uh like i had all that green stuff oh, uh, right. in my hair right yeah. so like, i had to i had to shower that out i'm like yeah okay i'm the one who does the laundry in this household i am not dealing with all of that like over bed sheets and whatnot so i'm like yeah. we are showering before we go to bed so yeah that's um, fair. but yeah I, so i didn't get to bed till like after four last night so and i did <laughs> i did have a snack as well so i'm like i gotta make sure because we're doing this show this like today I'm like mm-hmm. i gotta make sure i'm okay so and i also have yeah. like a family dinner after this so i'm like i cannot be sluggish <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but uh. 
Um, it was fun guys, though. It was yeah, a lot of fun. It, yeah, it was good. So your guys' costumes turned out really well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super pleased with how they turned out. Considering it's like scraps from Value Village, it's uh, we, we went pretty hard. Where did you them, find so. that like vest thing that you were wearing though? Like that's not <laughs> something you just find. Like no, no. Did, did you go to the back corner of Spencer's or something like that? <laughs> like there were some straps to that thing, my dude. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually just a women's leather jacket, like a. Like like a fall jacket, so like there was like a lining in it. Um, okay. Well, yeah, just like a nylon polyester lining yeah. and like a little bit of white cotton and stuff. Um, like a medium, smaller medium women's leather jacket. So I put it on in the store, <laughs> and I was like this. It was like my shoulders were just like scrunched up to my my neck, and like I couldn't move. And Aaron was like, "I think that'll work." And I was like, "Yeah, like look at this. It look it looks good." <laughs> and then so we bought it, and then. She cut off the sleeves so that my shoulders could like actually oh, stick very, out from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we cut along like the side as well, and then just like punched holes in it with rivets and put laces in it so it was a little wider there too. Um, oh, okay. I didn't see all of that because you still like you like you kept your cloak on all night as well. Yeah, it's because well, um, I wish I had a picture, but I, I don't have one <laughs> really accessible. But it, underneath, it, like first layer was just trench coat, and then yeah. it was that vest armor type thing because i went as john snow i guess i should say that john snow yeah. from game of thrones for everyone that didn't remember so um trench coat that vest and then a bed sheet with fur on it for a cape um and and i took off the trench coat underneath like half an hour into the party because like we got some pictures i was like okay we're good um and then i had to keep the cape on because then i just looked like leather daddy john snow because <laughs> i had no <laughs> sleeves <laughs> <laughs> so um so i kept the cape on so that i didn't look yeah. like, like and i guess if it's bad. just a bed sheet i thought it was something heavier than that no so yeah so I was, it was like, out of impressed with it yeah no so I, I was actually like comfortable after i'd taken off like the five pound trench coat jacket yeah but there you go but yeah, yeah no it, it worked out quite well so yeah and i guess to fill in everybody as well uh because i like i know we talked about it in the last episode but mm-hmm. um yeah i uh my, my girlfriend and i went as uh Cosmo and Wanda from Fairly Odd Parents. So mm-hmm. I it was like a bunch of like green stuff that I had in my hair basically to get that that Cosmo hair. Yeah, like that so. that spray paint. Yeah. Uh like hair color stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily it took me like less than a can. It took my girlfriend like four cans <laughs> to color her hair. Yeah. <laughs> so mind you though, I have a lot less hair just like length and just on my head in general. Yeah. Uh, it's also lighter does, too, whereas yeah, like, it her is hair lighter. is dark. So yeah, it is uh pretty dark. So but uh, but it, it worked yeah, out no, well for her too. Yeah, so. last night was a was a good time. So um, I was laughing because you reminded me that I had something in my notes that we yeah. were going to talk <laughs> about today. So there's I, like like once I read the note, like the whole thing like came back to me. So there was at one point during the party, Carter was just hanging out in one of the couches, and I walked over and I sat on his lap, kind of like you know like Santa does, or I guess not Santa, like little kids <laughs> with, with Santa kind of thing, yeah. right? So. Carter goes like, oh, like, what are you on for Christmas, little boy? And I just like joke. I'm like, I want the Anaheim Ducks in the playoffs this year. And he just goes, I'm Santa, not God. <laughs> <laughs> and I just lost it. I remember that. So I was like, yeah, okay, you, you thought that was a good one because I don't know if I'm going to remember this in the morning. So but like, yeah. as soon as you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, you have like a note in your phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry to any uh, kids out there that might be wishing for <laughs> Anaheim in the playoffs. For Christmas, Santa's not a miracle worker. He can only yeah, do so much. Yeah, probably not happening yeah. this year. So. If you want to meet Trevor Zegers, he might be able to do that. If you want like uh, some signed merch or something, like he might be able to do that. But <laughs> he's not a miracle worker. He can't. Yeah. he can't 
put the Anaheim Ducks into a, a playoff spot. So, no, exactly. Uh, speaking of merch as well, at the time of this recording, for some reason, the Mighty Collection is still in review. I will post on Twitter when it becomes available on our website, uh, tqrshop.myspreadshop.com or .ca if you're in Canada. Um, yeah, once that's finally available. So, and uh, I guess with that though, I'll have another. We'll have another collection coming down the pipe pretty quickly here too. That like we have it ready. I just need to uh, kind of figure out like what we're putting it on. Like obviously it'll be like t-shirts and that kind of thing. So yeah. which is the specifics. So that'll also be soon here, and hopefully it doesn't take as long in review as the mighty collection is yeah, for some reason. Weird. So like this is the yeah. longest that like any of our stuff has. Like it's normally like the latest has been like an hour or two. I think that it's taken before and this has been like yeah. a few days now like I guess it's over the weekend we'll see what happens on Monday I guess when this is released but yeah mm-hmm. Mighty Collection should be soon so I will cool. let you all know cool. on Twitter and Instagram when they are available so yeah and if you are just right rattled and you want to just tear Nate apart just <laughs> because you you expected a Mighty Collection to be in your mailbox by like yesterday <laughs> you can uh, you can leave us some feedback down at the link in the Google forums there, just tearing <laughs> us apart for how we're like, oh look at this merch that you can't buy, sucks yeah. to suck. Yeah, you can uh, you can do that just down at the link, and we would really appreciate your feedback for improving the Quack Report and uh, also just for you know how how shitty our merch is. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not hoping that, not that the merch is like, shitty, but I mean that like, yeah. it takes so long and you can't get it. You're like this is so yeah. good, but. Come on, can we figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not my fault. It's out of my hands at this point. So I'm just hoping that everything's kind of ready because, like, well, like after Halloween passes, it's like, yeah, you got to start thinking about Christmas shopping already. And I'm like, ah, crap. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants some Quack Report stuff for for Christmas, I'm hoping it's ready soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, okay. Well, um, we, we do have a game to talk about against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to keep it as positive as possible here. Do like, you remember how positive don't... we were after our first episode when we beat Seattle? We were like, oh, this yeah. is going to be a great season. Let's. This team is exciting We're just to like, watch. okay, like if, if they can play, play decent, it'll be fine. And, uh, and now here we are. Uh, seven straight losses. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's get into it here. So, in case you uh, have successfully wiped your mind of this game, um, here is your <laughs> reminder that it is was a four nothing loss to uh, the Vegas Logan Thompsons. And so, <laughs> yeah, first, uh, <laughs> yeah, first time Ducks were shut out this season. Uh, probably won't be the last, but definitely the first. <laughs> yeah, Logan Thompson's third career shutout, and like, what's he's he played, got like twenty pretty, games? He's got a pretty young career. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me double check that as you're just kind of talking about oh, sure. else with the game, but yeah, um, I mean, it's we outshot our opponents the, for the first time this season as well, so that's a positive. Nice to yeah, um, like like we, we peppered Logan Thompson, and especially in the third period, I think we had we only allowed like four shots or something like that. I think yeah, on, that's oh, a, yeah, that's where it is on on Stolars. Yeah, you only yeah, had that's to make a, yeah, it's that's a that's a good positive i guess yeah no like uh, yeah fantastic like there's there's a few firsts actually in this game surprisingly so yeah first mm-hmm. uh yeah first time being shut out this season wah, wah, wah. 
uh, first time uh, shooting an opponent. There, there you go. <laughs> I still don't have my keyboard set up yet. It's it's my fault at this point. Um, yeah, first time out shooting an opponent for the season. Uh, first time, I'll, I'll add, I guess, another one to this. First time that we haven't had at least like 32 shots against. We only had 22 against. So we're in the 20s against for the first time. Oh, sorry. I forgot that's <laughs> not what that one is. <laughs> And uh, surprisingly, I guess, because what we've played eight games now, uh, first time we've seen our black jerseys this year. On the road, too. Yeah. Wasn't that weird? Which I I did anticipate that because the Golden Knights for Nevada Day have always worn the white jerseys. Um, Why is that? I think it's like it's. I, I feel like it's something to do with like their state flower being white. Oh, okay. Um, I'm yeah, I feel like it's something. Oh, no, apparently the Nevada State flower is a big sagebrush, so I okay. forget what the reason is exactly then. Um, but yeah, they've, yeah. they've always done that for uh games on Nevada Day, but uh, yeah, that's the yeah, first time the Ducks have worn their black jerseys this year because the other two home games that we've had have been in the orange Mighty Ducks, so but I we were kind of talking about this as well, that like maybe Wednesdays are the new Fridays with how many Wednesday games the team has this year, that like yeah. Wednesdays are going to be the night for orange or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. We Again, we're, we're pre-recording this or we're recording this before the Toronto game. Um, so we haven't seen what jerseys they're wearing today. But uh, if they're wearing orange today, if they wear orange today, it's got to be the new home jersey that they, they just didn't want to announce or anything like that for some Which would reason. be stupid. Probably because know. they would see, they would just have the comments on all their social media flooded with about time. <laughs> like, yeah, but then people would buy the jerseys if they didn't yeah. have one. I feel, I like, know. I feel, I don't know. It's, it's all interesting to say the least. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess another first for the year is uh, Max Jones's fight. Uh, first of the year and first mm-hmm. in a year, uh, getting physical with Zach Whitecloud, who had his first career fight. A lot of firsts. Yeah, a lot of yeah. firsts there. Just so, popping, popping all sorts of cherries tonight in this game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of popping stuff, can we talk about that Jamie Drysdale hit for a second? Oh yeah, that looked Ooh. like it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was not good. Uh, I'm just gonna be reading off my note. <laughs> Yeah, basically, right? Well, uh, well, I'm screwed. But like, I, I have it in my notes here. I am not a doctor, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate here. I am not a doctor, but that looks like a separated shoulder because I have seen a few of those before. Mm-hmm. That does like just the way that it hung there as he got up, like that, like a wet noodle in yeah, the that... middle of Chicago on a windy day. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great description. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ehlers was saying as well, like on the broadcast, that like it wasn't a violent hit that Drysdale no. took, which like he is right. It, it's like, a routine he, hit. It happens all yeah, the time. You yeah. definitely don't need like a violent hit for a pop, like for a separated shoulder, though. I remember in lacrosse, I think I was, oh, how old was I? I think it was 13. Yeah, it was my first year at Bantam, I think. Um, there's yeah, this one kid and I split between uh like split goalie, right? And the other guy would play out. Mm. It was a game that I was playing goalie and I picked up the ball and I fed him a pass actually. And he started hitting up the right boards 
And same thing, just a routine. He's got hit routinely along the boards by a guy. Mm -hmm. And you just heard him like scream in agony. And he was out for the rest of the season with a separated shoulder. And yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, same thing. Like it wasn't a gruesome hit or dirty or anything like that. It was like it was shoulder to shoulder. And the I think it was the one that like connected into the board is the one that that got separated for him. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but like looking at this, like, it wasn't violent, but it looked painful. Like it almost looks like his arm kind of gets pinned. And then as he like is kind of spinning and like it's kind of pulling away. Because again, it's like twisted. Like his arm yeah. gets caught between him and the boards, but because the other guy is like brushing past. Yeah. Like the guy that hit him is like kind of twisting him. It it's, just it looks really awkward in one of those like, oh, like when you're kind of like watching it. Like we even slowed yeah. it down just to get the idea of what was happening. And we're just like, mm-hmm. oh, like, yeah, that doesn't look good. Yeah. It's, it's um, one of those hits that you see and you're like, I don't know what's wrong with it, but something's not something's right. Like as, as soon as he got yeah. hit, I was like, that's that's an awkward uh, yeah. hit. And then it showed him getting up and his, his arm dangling. And I was like, ugh. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So again, I'm purely speculating on a separated shoulder, right? Um maybe by the time this episode comes out we'll know more. Um but uh and it, and it depends on the severity of it too, right? Like um I remember there's a couple there's a couple seasons ago in the in the PLL uh field across there was a guy that separated his shoulder um had it like hanging as he's walking off the field uh like Drysdale's was. Mm-hmm. And they popped it back in. He went out for his next shift and scored a goal. <laughs> like oh, I, I think, he, and I think he scored a two pointer actually. So that's like 15 yards out from the goal. Wow. And uh, so, like, you can, yeah, like some are fine. You just kind of like pop them back in, and you're good to go, kind of thing. But yeah. um, I was taking a look just to, again, I'm I'm speculating here, but judging with how like in pain he looked kind of thing it wasn't just like a oh get up and head over kind of thing right um yeah separated shoulders usually two to 12 weeks fortunately without surgery most of the time mm-hmm. um but uh yeah again we'll wait to hear what the actual diagnosis is and yeah if even we then we'll probably just hear like upper body injury right but if yeah it, it the the length of time that he's going to be out is going to be interesting for sure yeah like before this game we might just hear upper body injury not playing but yeah and, maybe, until maybe monday more. it'll be okay he's had mri x-rays whatever kind of scan yeah. they, they're probably going to end up doing um this is what's wrong this is the length of time yeah we, we might it might be Monday we see that. Well, I mean, we'll see. We might get it before the game tonight. Yeah, but. we might. Yeah, it's, but, um, it's not looking good. I would be shocked if he came back like this week. Yeah, I would be too. So, and even then, like, even if it's like he's feeling fine, I want to make sure this kid stays like healthy, right? Like, yeah, try to eliminate as much lasting effects as possible. Mm-hmm. Or, or minimize as much lasting effects as possible and that kind of thing. Don't rush him back, right? Because like, I don't know if don't know if you looked at the standings lately. Like, it would be great to have him on the ice, but it's mm-hmm. it's, it's not like we're making a playoff push right now or anything. Like yeah, that. like let him heal. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna relate this back to uh, a different team as well, the Oilers. Oh, go figure. He's gonna talk about the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers, <laughs> but the. Uh, 
shoulder injuries, especially for defensemen, are not something to screw around with. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know how many people listening to this would really know who Oscar Kleffbaum is, but he was like the Oilers' number one defenseman for a few years and like like legit number one defenseman. Um, and he his big thing was like he, he just had a wicked shot from the point and he's been out on LTIR for like the last two or three years and at this point he's probably never going to play an NHL game again and he was like 20 20 something early 20s yeah um but same thing shoulder surgery it was it wasn't because of a dislocated shoulder I don't totally know what it don't I don't remember exactly what the injury was but he, yeah, because like you can't be a, an NHL defenseman with a bum shoulder. No, and, and like yeah, like let like let uh, I was gonna say like an NHL defenseman, let alone just like your daily life kind of thing. Yeah, because like kind of near like the end of uh, season three for us there, like I had really screwed up my shoulder badly. I was out of commission basically. Like I couldn't go to the gym or whatnot for it was like three and a half months. Yeah, uh, just with like rest and that sort of thing i had like i remember one morning i woke up and i couldn't hold my arm farther than like six inches in front of me kind of thing like before it was just like extremely painful it it wasn't like a shoulder separation obviously but like just your shoulder is so integral to your everyday life Mm -hmm. right that like you have to make sure that it's fine yeah, for for Clefbaum, I remember like one of the big conversations a couple of years ago. I can't remember if it was him that said it or if it was like um, one of the coaches at the time or whatever. But it was like he's he's basically making the decision of if he wants to continue his NHL career and ruin his shoulder, or if he wants to retire from the NHL and like maybe be able to lift his kid one day. Yeah. And like when you put it into that perspective, you're like, oh holy fuck! Like I wouldn't play in the NHL. If, well, that and, was, if that was the choice, yeah. right? And there's more times that like guys are thinking about it that way now, which is good. Which, yeah, obviously, absolutely. right? Yeah. Like I know, like, I know. Listening to the, uh, I think it was Wednesday's episode of the Steve Dangle podcast, and they were talking about that for Jake Muzzin, right? Of like, do you want to be able to like go run around with your kids, kind of thing, or like, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting for sure, just to see that kind of mentality, right? Because like, like I get it with playing professional sports you only have like a small window to make what you'll kind of rely on for the rest of your life right unless you're like mm-hmm. into investing in that kind of thing too yeah or you want or, to be a coach or, or, or whatever, yeah or, or like you some you other do, part of the game yeah. you do more after but like that's going to be the basis right of what mm-hmm. you live on for the rest of your life and because of what you put your body through that's why like these dollar amounts that these guys are getting are so high right like mm-hmm. Like what job wouldn't you love that minimum salary for you is a is three quarter million dollars per year, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But like, but like that's the reality of it is like it's so high because of what these guys put their put their bodies through, right? Because I think mm-hmm. it's, um, I like I think besides like football kind of thing, right? Like hockey is one of the mm-hmm. more like physically demanding, uh, in terms of like injury risk or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like sports in the world, right? Yeah, so, for, for mainstream ones, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Obvi- obviously, like WWE, boxing, like any sort of martial art ones are are, are the same sort of thing. Yeah, but, like, um, but yeah, like it definitely for like the big four American sports, like it's yeah, football and then hockey for sure. So, um, so yeah, 
long story short, like I, I just hope that um, that they do this right with Drysdale, keep him out, make sure he's recovered because you don't want to risk another injury to that shoulder. So yeah, and especially um, him being so young, right? Like you want yeah. him to have, like you want him, and he wants to have a good career, right? But even yeah. at this age, like you gotta stop. You got like you have to start thinking about like life after hockey even which like does mm-hmm. sound ridiculous but um i think it was agent Provo- uh, provocateur they were kind of talking about that too right of just like mm-hmm. like agents even being like okay yeah it's like your first season or two kind of thing but like let's not blow all your money because you never know what could happen like you have to think about life after hockey kind of thing like you you got here but now you have to think about what's after it like, yeah exactly like, like from a young age so yeah, like you could get hit in your first NHL season, have a concussion, and never be cleared to play ever again, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, absolutely shatter your knee, never be able to play again, like anything yeah. like that. And you you just blew your entire salary on the NHL, and now you have, uh, from the NHL on whatever, and now you have no other skills to like yeah. carry into the job market, right? So like it's, yeah. it's, it's scary, scary stuff, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yes. Yeah, like, I, I, I hope it sucks that Drysdale okay. is going to be out, yeah. but like take take the time to do it right. If if twelve weeks is what it takes, that's what it takes. So yeah, um, but hopefully not. Again, we're we're just speculating on what it looks like, but it's something along those lines, anyways. Yeah, we'll we'll suffer the same without him as we would with <laughs> yeah. Him right now, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. So. Yeah, exactly. But um, so yeah. The, yeah, the other, back, back to the game, I, yeah. I suppose. Um, well, this is still the game, but other, <laughs> other things, more happy things, yeah. potentially. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's exactly happy. I just have the note of like shorthanded goals against Hurts. So, well, but, like, less of an existential crisis than <laughs> what yeah. we just talked about. So, <laughs> we, like, we, the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about like two on ones, two on twos, and that kind of thing. I don't think there was, I mean, from my perspective, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong on how this got played. Of uh, Fowler no. and who who was his partner on it? Was it Klingberg for this? Um, um, I remember. Might have been, like, been Kulikov. Oh wait. Oh yeah. My, yeah oh no. This was been. on the power play though. So yeah. Um, anyway though, Maybe. it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't it was just like it was Riley Smith. Riley Smith is a smart player, and it was just last minute. He created separation between him and Fowler. Like it's. I don't think it's anything like necessarily no. on Fowler. Or that kind of thing. No, like, I thought his positioning was fine. Like, yeah, it, it's just one of those opportunities where Smith made a move on him and and just like out outsmarted yeah. Fowler, I guess in a way. Like, yeah, like the, like besides being like, hey, like don't have shorthanded goals against. Like the the actual play itself isn't something I normally bring up, but just because we've been talking about like obviously the defensive aspects of this team for however many seasons at this point, but like really diving in even just like how like. Like if we were in their position, and again, we're not NHL players by any means, but mm-hmm. like, just kind of like knowing basics, even right of like, like maybe how this should get played better. Because you're you're th- like you're in that position, you're doing it split second, right? Yeah. Like decisions and whatnot. And we're able to you know like go back, look at tape, like they're able to do after, right? And mm-hmm. like watch it multiple times. Okay, figure out what could be done better next time and try to improve on it, right? Yeah. We can, like we don't get the chance to improve on it we just go this is how you should improve kind of thing yes yeah, so yeah. totally listen to two 25 year olds from southern alberta that have never played an nhl game in their life but besides like the ea ones um <laughs> yeah but like we, but, we grew up around hockey yeah though, so it's 
in we, our blood. We like to yeah. think we know what we're talking about here. And I and, mean, and most times if, we do. And, and if you're listening to this show, I guess you kind of think we know what we're talking about a little bit too. So, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing with this is like, um, just, just stick with me for a sec. It's going to sound like I'm bashing Fowler, but I swear okay. I'm not. Um, right. I like, because Fowler's a veteran defenseman, like, there, he, he obviously knows how to play 99% of situations in the NHL. Um, and, and again, in this particular instance, I thought the way he played it was fine. But because he's been around for so long, he has like a way, or he probably has like a way of like playing these two on ones and like knows how, how to do it and like what the best option is. But sometimes like I feel like it can be hard that when you do get beat on a two-on-one, you're like, oh, well, I still played it right, so I'm just going to keep playing two-on-ones mm-hmm. this way. But obviously, Riley Smith found an exploit in our defense on, on yeah. a two-on-one and took advantage of it and scored a goal, right? So it's so this isn't on Fowler to... I, I, don't, like, I don't think it's on Fowler, but that's where the coaches, a coach somewhere along the way, needs to step in and say, hey... You're a veteran defenseman. The way you play that is fine, but you need to like keep in mind a plan B or a plan C for when Riley Smith or someone else tries to make the same move on you. This is how you now need to adapt and and change it. And if he doesn't get that from a coaching staff member, then it's it's just going to be something people are going to exploit because look, shorthanded goals are rare, and but every team wants to score one. So yeah. when so other teams are going to watch this tape before they play the Ducks, and they're going to attempt to do this move again. And then, and that's not what you want. So somebody needs to say to Fowler, this is, we need to establish a plan. Yeah. And it's possible Fowler knows what he needs to do. I'm sure, yep. like, he's a smart player who's been around for a while. But there needs to be that rapport with the coaching staff as well, to pr- because they're other teams are going to try and exploit that. So there needs to just be a greater awareness and like a bigger deal made out of it, I guess, in a way. Yeah, no, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. I, uh, I I do have the clip up here. Um, and I am kind of looking at it again. Again, like it, it's on the power play. Silverberg's trying to get back, but like even what he's doing uh, against Carlson there is like, it, it almost looks like he's just swinging at air kind of thing like he's trying to do a stick lift on a left-handed guy but he's trying to do it on the right side oh yeah like as he's behind him it's like you're you're not gonna reach there dude yeah so you, but uh like, but like uh, obviously like, we can't show the clip but can you like maybe show a couple like freeze frames of it on yeah here? sure yeah um yeah see if we can here um gotta yeah do some some general frame by frame stuff yeah, I think if we go like frame by frame, it's not an issue. I could be wrong though. Yeah, anyway. and, and I mean, like technically, we can show clips, but YouTube just burns us for it. So they yeah. don't understand copyright law. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so even here, um, oh, I don't want to. Okay, here we go. Now I'm in. Yeah, so you can see, like, he's just like he, he's swinging at air. Yeah. Right. Like, there, there there's nothing there. Um, but however, like he, he puts a stick on the other side, though, and that immediately that pass is coming across, right? Yeah. So it's I don't know. In that case, it's yeah. Try to get up there, but like at this point, like, here he's already gliding, kind of thing. Yeah. But, and then like takes another push. Yeah. Like your sticks nowhere 
and again, like I know Silverberg's not a defenseman, but like your, your stick is nowhere like for it to be useful. You might as well just be skating alongside the guy. Yeah. Um, however, like, and it's just it's one of those things where it's like, like I'm not I'm not blaming him even as much on it because he he's playing this how if I'm in Gibson's position he's playing this how I would want him to right he's more trying to cover hmm. off the pass he's trying to have like the closed gap on the potential like cross right yeah so like like I have no issue with how Fowler is doing it that's why I said like yeah Smith just just outsmarted Fowler and mm-hmm. uh, just gained some separation there when Fowler wasn't looking that way so yeah but yeah yeah so it's just yeah and, and it's unfortunate because obviously it's a shorthanded situation too so you're yeah. not really prepared to be defending a two-on-one generally like it's it, it yeah. doesn't the, the fact know, that we ideally, let in a shorthanded goal definitely sucks it just um, sucks the wind out of you like that's to yeah. me that was like the the tsn turning point there of yeah the and, th- and that's only a two nothing goal right like that's something you like could otherwise come back but like mm-hmm. just that extra like oh it's short-handed right like they had less guys than us and they they essentially got a two-on-one yeah um there so but um Stellars appears in this game as well it's his third game in relief of gibson in only eight games and he has one start mm-hmm. this season gibson got better for a couple games and it looked fine this one it he didn't look as there again. Like it's kind of the midway point in a way of like yeah. the like the last couple of good games that he's had and the horrible ones that we were seeing like at the start of the road trip. Yeah. Um, Do you chalk that up to an early start, like an early puck drop? Maybe a little bit, but at the same time, he's like if, a very routine guy, right? Like yeah, but if you want to look down the other end of the ice, sure, he's a younger guy, but. Thompson was in the exact same situation. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Like this, like everybody on the ice is in the same situation. This is not normally when you're playing a game, right? Yeah. At like, yeah, like three o'clock. Like you maybe have a matinee game or two in the season as a whole, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Stellars though didn't, wasn't very busy in uh, his 20 minutes of play. Uh, only made, or he made all four saves that uh, he had shot against him. Um, which I don't know what, what you can ask for when you're trying to come yeah. back in a game, right? So, but like just seeing like how many times he's had to come in relief already, right? Like, and two of those were back to back, and he's only had one start. But like mm-hmm. overall, he's been your better goalie, unfortunately. Right? Like, like, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, yeah. We, we talked about this last we, we week, did. I just, feel so like I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but like, why is he not getting more starts? Yeah, like, I, that's yeah, the question, I'm, I'm and the there's no answer. I, I'm at the point that I need to see more Anthony Stellars, please. Yeah, so it's so because yeah, like he's not like he's not running horrible numbers or anything like that either. Like his expected goals against six point eight three, his actual is seven. So he's like he's at a negative point two. Like he's doing exactly what he should. Mm-hmm. Right? Is not incredible or anything like that, but like that's a guy that you at least feel solid with between the pipes yeah, yeah exactly so, so it's, and like it's it, it's when you're trying to win like why not 
we're shaking up the defense, we're shaking up the forwards. Why are we not shaking up the goaltending? It, it's yeah, it's a no brainer to me, and I I literally don't get it. So and even then, like some of the shaking up has been pointless, right? Like, okay, uh, one more time, we are recording this before the Toronto game, um, but the yeah. practice lines yesterday had Terry and uh, Zegras split up. I get that you're trying to generate something, but the pairing of those two forwards mm-hmm. is not your issue here. I don't no. think. And, and offense in this game, honestly, I don't think it was an issue. We had some great opportunities, and Logan yeah. Thompson was a brick wall. Like, I, I don't know, maybe yeah. you have the, the low danger versus high danger chances uh, again, but uh, like, still, he stopped yeah. all the high danger chances, so that's, yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, in terms of uh, Anaheim's shooting, actually, I, I'm double-checking this here. Uh, Anaheim actually had no high-danger shot attempts. Five medium and 33 attempts were all low-danger. Interesting. I mean, so, I, I would argue that there was some high-danger chances. I, I, it's been a couple days, obviously, so I, yeah. I don't know exactly what... I, I couldn't like pinpoint them, but I don't know. It... To me, we had high danger chances that Logan Thompson was in great position, so maybe that made them medium danger. I, I don't know, but yeah. If uh, here, I'll, I'll pull up the heat map for the people that are watching, especially. And uh, if you're if you're not if you're just listening to us on podcast, we are available on YouTube as well, where you can uh, see kind and, of some of the the visuals that we're looking at too. Yeah, and um, Twitch. Well, I guess Twitch is for our live stream ones. Sorry, so yeah, yeah. this is just on YouTube. <laughs> um, but here, so the this heat map is from uh, Natural Stat Trick. We'll ignore the Vegas side. We know that our defensive system allows guys to just skate right into the middle, and you can see all the goals there. Um, taking a look at Anaheim, though, right? It's you, you kind of have that that Zegras spot, I'll call it, right? Yeah. Just like that uh, facing the goalie, the the right dot there, just outside of it, closer to the blue line, and like just inside um, the. The left circle, basically, like there, mm. there's a couple chances in there, like in the slot kind of thing. But and again, like Vegas is Vegas is decent on defense, right? Oh yeah, but like they're not. Um, who are we just playing the other day that we were talking about? Like how like good their defense is overall, otherwise. Um, uh, Boston. Oh, Tampa, Tampa. Oh, Tampa, yeah, obviously. Um, but, like, in in my opinion, Tampa has a better defense overall than Vegas does. Both, the, like, the, in terms of, like, there, their... Yeah. Like, both in terms of, like, their lineup for it and... Uh, like, their structure. Their, their system, and it's, like, like, and their team defense, right? It's not yeah. just, like, relying on the two guys there. Yeah, yeah. But, like, we're just... We're being forced to the outside, not, like, great spots unfortunately and like this has been kind of reoccurring the last few games especially now well well look at the golden knight side i know you said you weren't going to talk talk about it but like this is the ideal thing like when coaches draw things up on the whiteboard these are the spots that they're like i want you to shoot from here as close to here as possible and they're just yeah. allowed to do it like there's the the two defensemen don't even have to move they're literally parked on our side on inside the blue line but where the the face off dots are that's yeah. where the coach draws the X's, saying shoot yeah. from here. And like we barely have that. Like we're forcing, like we're taking shots from basically the boards, which, yeah, f- f- I can shoot from there all day. I'll let you. But yeah. No. And then 
right in the slot is where the other ones are coming. Or like that home plate area between the circles, like the hash marks down. I guess it's more from the dots in the yeah. face-off circle down to the crease. That's entirely where the shots are coming from. Are we even trying to play defense? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm kind of on the thing that like, yes, some of our guys maybe have some improving to do or have regressed in the case of like a Shattenkirk or something like that, right? Yeah. I'm the the more I look at it though, I just see it's a structure weakness yeah. rather than the individual guys. Cause you can see that besides maybe like clearing pucks like we've talked about, you can see that like you can see effort in mm-hmm. the plays at least, but their system is what's holding them back. We we talked opinion. about it we talked about it at the beginning of the episode or sorry, the beginning of the season too. And um, we'll, we'll get to some notes from 32 thoughts as well. Jeff Merrick even said that the, in the latest episode mm-hmm. that they, he, he thought that the ducks had like a solid defense. Like, yeah, it's different than last year and it's not maybe as physical, but like we have good defensemen, Drysdale Fowler, good defenseman, Shattenkirk, good bottom pairing defenseman, Bolu, Benoit, Vakanine. And like, those are decent bottom four defensemen. Um, who am I missing? Kulikov, we talked about him, like solid yeah. shutdown defenseman. Like, we have solid defensive defensemen, and we're not defending. That's a structure problem. Yeah, it's... It's not one guy, and there's no way it's all the guys sucking ass at the same time. It's a structure thing. Yeah. It's painful to watch, honestly. It is. Because it really you're like, you can, you can see the issue, but nothing is being done about it, so... Um, yeah. I'm just it's gonna. A, it's the definition of insanity there. So, yeah, doing the right. same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, you have a note here about the eleven seven, and then we can uh, take a break and then talk yeah, about sure. Freeman's converse. Uh, Freeman's yeah. points actually, since you brought it up. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I because the Ducks played eleven forwards, seven defensemen in this game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um. And also, I just saw some comments on like Ducks Twitter, and I, that I just want to clear up. I'm, I'm obviously by no means an expert on coaching systems and the eleven forward seven defenseman thing, but some of the comments I saw were like because McTavish was technically that fourth line guy that like didn't have like a set line, mm-hmm. and when you but when you're going eleven and seven, you don't really have set lines generally the way I've seen it is you run three centermen and then you have four of each wings. That's like whether it's international hockey or other yeah. teams in the NHL I've seen, that's that's what it is. So, but the the reason you do that is because you have, um, you have, uh, well, it depends. You can do it if you have a lack of centers, which the Anaheim Ducks don't. We actually have a lot of centers. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it still kind of works because then you have your four winger lines, but there's still not really like you don't really have a one to four. Like you might have your top line winger pairing, but then like McTavish and Lundestrom, I believe, were kind of that fourth winger pairing. Um, yeah. But they're, they'll end up playing with Zegris at some point or they'll end up playing with Henrique, which are top line guys. Right. So like you, it, it really messes with the matchup system, I guess. So even though McTavish was, quote, the fourth line guy because he was on the fourth line that the Ducks tweeted before the game. That doesn't mean he's playing fourth line minutes. I, I mean, I, I doubt he played twenty minutes that night. But, um, sorry, who? One more time. Uh, like McTavish. McTavish. Just how? Yeah. Well, I guess I could 
I have the McTavish the played sixteen oh seven. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, it's not a ton of minutes, but it's also not fourth line minutes. Yeah, right? the lowest so, the lowest guys the lowest guy in terms of minutes for uh, the forwards were or was uh, Jones at eleven forty nine there. Okay, but anyways, the the forwards aren't really the the issue with eleven and seven. The reason you go eleven and seven is because your defense sucks. That's essentially what it like. You don't have maybe the depth you want on defense or something's not working. So you're saying, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of offense because we have, our offense is generally good. On paper, our offense is fine. Like, especially top six. Like, we should be able to score goals and it shouldn't, like, line chemistry isn't as big of a thing for this Ducks team. Yeah, they just need need better chances. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, Zegras and Terry can play together. Zegras and Strom and Vitrano can play together. Zegras can play with McTavish and Pavel Regina. Like, it doesn't matter who Zegras is playing with. Good things are going to happen, right? Yeah. Same same thing, like, throughout the lineup. But for a defense, like, we basically only have the six or the seven guys that can play. And if one of them has a bad night, like, slash Benoit or Bolio or White, whoever is in, then... You don't want to bench him because then you're running five defensemen, and that that's a lot of minutes for your defensemen. Um, yeah. So you go seven, so that if one guy's not having a good night, you can kind of just not play him, and then you can just kind of rotate in who is playing, or like it, it allows you to say take some minutes off of Cam Fowler, um, who I, I don't know what his numbers are, but he probably averages 20, 25 minutes a night, I would say. Same with Klingberg. But it allows mm-hmm. you to rest those guys a little bit more because you have that seventh guy that you can rotate in. And it just yeah. allows you to get different pair matchups, a lot of fresher guys. So, in theory, we should have had a better defensive game. Um, I, I don't think we did against the Golden Knights, but I think it, the, I don't think the Ducks have ever gone on eleven and seven. So it's it's definitely a new thing. I, I would I, honestly, I would like to see it more. Oh, we we did it quite a few times last year. Did we? Okay. Yeah, we did. And I, I just. Blanked it out, apparently. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. I would, I, I, there's, a, there's a few things I'd like to blank out just about. Yeah. <laughs> the ducks every now and then. But Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I would like to see it more. It, it obviously didn't quite pay off the way we maybe wanted it to against the, the Golden Knights in this game. But I think with how our forwards are, it's a good thing to do. And I don't know, maybe the seven defensemen is a way of compensating for our lack of defensive structure and, and systems, but like, it I don't know. What, am, am, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What do you think, Nate? Because Ducks Twitter was not pleased about this. Yeah. And I feel, so I kind of feel like I'm the only one that is, is okay with it. And if it is like, so be it. But I, I don't know. I just want to know your thoughts too. There's definitely times that it can, it, it works. I think it's if though, like you have, it's if you are stronger all around with having that seventh guy on defense that you can rotate in throughout, right? Yeah. Um, in the case of the Ducks, though, it it doesn't make you stronger whatsoever. It, I think, actually makes you a little bit weaker because your offense is where your stronger stronger points are. Right, mm-hmm. your defense is what needs to improve, and throwing another guy into the mix with not as much consistency in lines then yeah. is not the way to go. I don't think. Um, and I mean, like I, again, it's only one game of I guess eleven and seven, right? But like, mm-hmm. it didn't look to have any effect, yeah, at all. 
right? That's fair. So, um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I the, guess the, the ducks in, the ducks aren't in a position. I guess just to, like yeah, to wrap it up, the ducks aren't in a position that it benefits them at all. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess too. Um, like I'm, I'm not against was, the 11-7 system, but yeah. it just it has to be worth it, and it's mm. not for the ducks at least with how it's constructed right now and who's at the helm. Yeah. And the system that they're trying to run through. Yeah, that's fair. So, so yeah, I, I guess like the, um, what, what I saw people complaining about it on Twitter just like wasn't maybe quite the right mindset in a way. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there is just complaining about it for like yeah. the, the sake of complaining about it. Right. Like, yeah, but I can see, like, Obviously, I, it didn't I, work. Like, so yeah. like, don't do it again. But like, the reasons that people were giving are not the reasons to not. Okay, so do it so again, what were the right? reasons that people were giving? I guess then maybe I maybe like, I'm missing it. I'm, I'm like missing for on this part, uh, like for McCavish and Lundestrom being like those fourth line guys, and like it looks like they're oh, not going to play yeah. a lot of minutes. Like, no, that that's not how it works because your forwards end up rotating so oh, much. Okay, um, yeah, and, and like like we saw, McCavish still played 16 minutes. Like that's yeah decent numbers for. McTavish, and that's probably all he's going to get under Dallas Eakins because that's what Zegers got last year, right? Because so, the white the white gloves for the rookies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, it, so don't complain about it for the reasons of our forwards. Complain complain about it for like defensive reasons, I guess. Yeah. Which I didn't quite see as much of on Twitter. So yeah, and and I, and I guess too with the eleven and or sorry the seven forwards. No, one more time. With the seven defensemen, you do that because you're not sure how the game is going to be played and you want to have different options of who you play on defense, right? Like you're not sure how the other coach is going to play it. And it's not because of like a lack of understanding the coach, but like some teams can play really physical and really just like sit back and like not hit and just, you know, be good in positioning. Like the same team can play that way defensively. Like look at, um, say, Colorado. They can mm. they can just box you out in in defense, but they can also play a physical game if they want. Yeah. Same with Tampa Bay too. Like it's yep. it's a cup it's a cup winning team thing. But with the Ducks, like I don't think we have those seven defensemen that we can like rotate through mm-hmm. to change the way our defense plays. If we still had Lindholm and Manson, yeah, absolutely. Yes, because yeah, it it did work better. It worked better at times last year, for sure. Yeah, but that's when you have those two guys in you, there. You have defensemen that play differently, and then you, so then you can dictate how your defense defends. But mm-hmm. now we, we switch Benoit out for Bolio. Who gives a shit? It's the same it's, thing. Even yeah, e- even when Vakanainen comes back, same thing. Like I don't know. You put um, like Fowler and Shattenkirk, Fowler and Drysdale. Like yeah, Shattenkirk and Drysdale aren't the same caliber of NHL player. But mm-hmm. they're going to play the same way, right? Like Shattenkirk and Drysdale are going to try and box you out, and they're going to be offense first defensemen. They're not going to throw big hits around and make you scared to touch the puck, right? Like, yeah, Drysdale especially on like the on the on the physical side of it. So just because he's not the the new NHL defenseman is a lot smaller than we're used to seeing, mm-hmm. right? So like, give it another five years, Drysdale's going to be the norm in, oh, in yeah. that respect, right? So, I, I'd say he already kind of is. Yeah. But this is a, that's but, a totally different conversation. So yeah. We won't no, go down that rabbit hole yet. But, but yeah, um, you're like, you're right. Like, yeah, just the, they're like a like, little bit more offensive minded. 
um trying not to have like recency bias or anything like that i'd almost argue that drysdale and like not even just like with line placement though but like just you're, you're watching clips of him and whatnot like drysdale is time and time again better on the defensive side than shattenkirk is oh 100 oh yeah so, but and, and it's like, because he's faster and i don't yeah. want to say smarter but like his um his brain, his legs can keep up with his brain, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, yeah that, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, but, yeah, just like he's, he's more defensively aware, I guess, yeah. than Shattenkirk seems to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I would, I would say that's a, a good way of saying it. So. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, maybe we'll see eleven and seven again, but I, if we do, I want our defense to look different than what it yeah. looks like now. So. Um, okay, we can take a quick break because I think that's all we wanted to say about the Golden Knights game. <laughs> that's it. It only took 40 minutes to get through <laughs> it all, but that's it. <laughs> uh, on the other side, we've got some more thoughts on Dallas Eakins and, and what what's going on with him. We'll do the upcoming game predictions. Uh, and we have a bonus what's quacking, even though we normally only are doing it on Wednesdays now. We, we, we came across something that's just way too good to pass up. So stick around till the end for that. It is hockey-related this week, uh, so it, it's a good one. So make sure to stick around till the end, and we will be back in just a couple of minutes here. And shout-out to DraftKings, promo code THPN. See you on the other side. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Maybe you want to take the odds on Mason McTavish winning the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year this year. He has the second best odds on DraftKings Sportsbook behind Matty Berniers of the Seattle Kraken at plus 500. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I just want to say, too, that if you're like, oh, I'm just a casual fan, like, I I don't really know too much about sports betting, so I'm not really going to, like do anything with that i'm gonna say it doesn't even really matter because now this is something totally different because this is a yahoo like ongoing fantasy league so you draft at the beginning of the year and that's that's it um but me and you are obviously in a league together um with yeah. just a bunch of bunch of casuals and and your girlfriend is in this league with us and i'm oh, facing no, her going this, this week <laughs> in the league and uh, and obviously, I follow hockey very religiously, and I, so I know what's going on. And, and generally, I do pretty well in fantasy leagues. Like, um, and, and when I do um, bet with DraftKings, I, I do fine, generally. Um, so this week, I have 
And this might mean nothing to somebody, or to a lot of people, but my goalie stats are four wins, a 1.61 goals against average, and a 9.55 save percentage. Which for, And how many goalies are you carrying again? I, ca- I carry three goalies, and they okay. are um, Stuart Skinner, Yusei Saros, and Jeremy Swayman. So, like, decent goalies. And, yeah. and they, have, they, have, they had a pretty good week. And, like, even if you know nothing about fantasy hockey, like a 1.61 goals against average, you know that's really good for a week. 9.55, if goalies carrying that, looks great. Um, your girlfriend, who is... She she knows hockey. She knows a lot of players, um, but is definitely a casual fan compared to me and you. Yeah, and enough that she knows players and like isn't just drafting based off of like how cool their name is or like what team. Oh, the uh, the Flames. That's a cool like name for a team. I'm just going to draft them. Like she knows things about it. She but, purely drafted Jonathan Huberto in that first round just to spite me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she, like she's just in it for fun. Like she's just. Yeah, she's throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks, kind of thing, right? <laughs> For like, and I'm not trying to like bash her, but like, no, but yeah, it's <laughs> so like I'm just I'm just trying to say like she's just a casual fan, but she she's beating me, who has fantasy hockey spreadsheets, spends hours a week trying like managing his fantasy teams and trying to figure out who to drop, who's the best pickup for this week and all that stuff. Do I want to use my ads on this? Like, all that shit, yeah. right? And she has she's edging me out with five wins, a .84 goals against average, a <laughs> 9.75 save percentage, which is unheard of, and three shutouts. And, that, and so I'm losing the week against her. So, like, if... <laughs> the long-winded way of saying, like, it, it doesn't matter if you're a casual fan. If you just want to throw a couple bucks down on something, like, you, you might just... I don't want to say get lucky, but you're... If you're like, my, I only have limited hockey knowledge with the Ducks. If you throw a dollar or something on like Zegras scoring a goal, like, and, and it, it could pay out, you know, or like if yeah. you do the, the daily fantasy stuff, like sometimes just dumb, educated guessing can get you <laughs> further than, yeah, than hours of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> I, uh, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to bash your girlfriend. Yeah, I'm no, just, I know. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here I'll, I'll I'll balance it out then. I'll talk about it too. So, like, we're at like the desk that I'm sitting at here. We're both at the same desk. She has her computer, and uh, and I have my setup, obviously. And like, she's kind of asking me because, like, like once you, we kind of got past like round one and two, maybe in three, right? Like, mm-hmm. they were kind of running out of guys that she knows of, at least. And so yeah. she's like, oh, okay, like, like, who do you, like, who do you think? And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I would do in terms of, like, like, I like to draft by position, mm-hmm. not always just best available player kind of thing. Um, so I'm like, okay, like, you, you might want to start, like, looking in this area for what you need or, like, take a look at this stat. Where are you low in kind of thing? I'm like, if I were you, I'd kind of start to look either here or here. And here's kind of the options that I would maybe look at for what you could do there, like, and who's best available to suit those needs. And for Yahoo, again, it, it doesn't mean anything, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's your way too early season predictions. Yeah. But for all the projected stats and whatnot, uh, she was projected in first place. I was projected to be second. That did not rub well on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, no, that's the last time I'm helping you. And seeing how she's done in the three weeks so far i'm like yeah. you're on your own next year <laughs> yeah like that's it yeah so yeah. it's like I, I i simultaneously love and hate like going into fantasy leagues with like more casual hockey fans because like 
it just like hurts my ego that like yeah. when I lose to it's just like really an ego thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But and like and then I don't even really take like much pride out of beating them because I'm like, obviously, like I, I spend hours on this and like this person just hit start active players and like then didn't look at it and accidentally left Connor McDavid on their bench for like yeah. a busy Saturday <laughs> night. Right. Like it just happens. Um, but so it's long story short, it's. <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't matter if you you know it just happens. or not. Or, the, yeah. or actually, okay, I got another great example, like specific to betting was. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, there's the, there was one guy in the oh, chat, yeah, yeah. On, the, For- on the live stream on Wednesday who mm-hmm. had just made a parlay across like a few different sports. Yeah, because he was a football guy mostly. Yeah, football, baseball, kind of. Yeah, and he like was tuning into the watch along just because that was the one hockey game that he put money down on. He, he had put down for Tampa to win that game. Mm-hmm. But it was like, if he stuck, if he stuck with it, the payout on, I think it was $20 that he put down. 20 or, or 25. Like yeah, 20. Was, was, yeah, 20. Yeah. Or on $20 was going to return like 500 plus dollars. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, he definitely, I think did the safe move because he did pull on it when, uh, the game was tied mm-hmm. with like 10 minutes left, I think. Yeah. I, like, I, I think he pulled the safe move. The guy still went ahead with like, I think he, was, he said like, t- like 260 bucks or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Like, he, he still had a big payday thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just like, and, and he said, he's like, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about hockey, actually. This is just the game that I put it down on, and that's why I'm here, just to kind of see mm-hmm. how things are going. So yeah. it's it's definitely possible uh, to do well. I know even like baseball, I'm trying to get more into and that sort of thing. Uh, early on in the MLB season, I tried to put some money down, and it just I, I kept missing, even on like what mm-hmm. should have been fine. Like I remember there was one day, I think it was like early in the season, uh, was the the Jays, the Yankees, and the Dodgers? I think it was like a three game parlay that I'd made, mm-hmm. and uh, and all those teams were doing fantastic. They were like top two in their divisions or that sort of thing. And uh, that was just the one night I just lost all three games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's rough. Yeah, but so <laughs> it's it's definitely a hit or miss. But like mm-hmm. you can like sometimes it is just like figuring out. It's it's more about the actual betting strategy than it is knowing exactly what you're doing. The knowledge yeah. of the sport, though, definitely it helps. helps. It, it does so. help. Yeah, I remember this is the last story we'll tell, and I'll, I'll try and keep it short here. But I remember last season, someone on Reddit uh, at the very beginning of the NFL season flipped a coin for the Las Vegas Raiders, and just yeah. heads was they win this matchup, tails they lose, and then he wrote it all down, and then he posted it on Reddit, and for like it was something like the first like nine games eight or nine games of the season that's what it it, it predict the coin a coin flip predicted if the raiders won or lost their game and like and then he like he posted beside it like this is what like before the game this is what the score was like predicted to be and who was the favorite and stuff like that and the coin like most times was against the favorite like sometimes it was with it sometimes was against so there was just like no rhyme or reason to it but it was like heads or tails and that was it and the coin flip predicted the first nine games of the season eight or nine i don't remember what it was and like and, and so eventually, I think it was like week five, I started predicting with the coin. Oh, what's the coin say? Okay, I'm just going to put yeah. five bucks down on what it says. And then and I did that until uh, the coin was wrong. So I, I don't know. I ended up maybe up like 20 bucks or something like that. But hey, there you go. It's, still it, it, was just like, <laughs> it was dumb luck. I, I literally yeah. had not watched an NFL game 
outside of the Super Bowl before that in my life. <laughs> so and like they, like there's some of those uh, sports like that, right? Where it's like, yeah, there's you know like the the favorites kind of thing, right? But because it's such a yeah. team sport, it can really go either way. Like basketball is kind of the one thing that is a little bit more like, yeah, you're definitely like you're more than likely better off with a favorite. Yeah. Um, just because of how the game is, right? You're normally seeing the same guys for a good chunk of the game and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, but yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, yeah, it just proves that uh, sports are unpredictable, which is the best part about betting on them sometimes. So sometimes, yeah, but. Um, yeah. Um, I guess because we just talked about this a little bit more as well. Gamble responsibly, everybody. Stay yes. within your limits. All that. <laughs> All that stuff. Look at the disclaimer down at the bottom of the show notes. It has all of the uh, quote legal stuff that we're supposed to say. But two, just from like personal me to you, yeah. gamble responsibly. <laughs> don't don't let it affect you. Yeah. Buy your food and your rent and all that stuff first, and then oh, I have five dollars to spare this month. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So, which uh, that's actually something I'm going to take a look at for. Uh, a paper for a class I'm in actually is oh, just cool. like uh, it's just a literature review, but it's I was gonna take a look at uh, like sports gambling and the the effects on consumers. So oh, cool! I yeah, I will one hundred percent read that when it comes yeah. out. So um, okay, moving on, we got a uh, some some stuff that came up on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast from uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick here on what's going on with the Ducks. So at the time they recorded their episode, the Ducks had played seven games, and obviously. Had not done very well in those seven games. <laughs> one, uh, I guess, one five and one record. So, and, and us included, Ducks Twitter, you know, people all over social media are calling for Dallas Eakins to be fired. And this is not maybe necessarily going to be a conversation on if he should be fired because we, we talked about that on the last episode. But um, Friedman's, uh, I guess, argument was like, Dallas Eakins shouldn't be judged on the first seven games of the Ducks season. He should be judged at, say, the 40-game halfway point, the 60-game point, the 80-game mark. See, mm-hmm. is, has there been improvement? Like, have the Ducks improved over the start of the season to the 40-game point? Yes or no. From 40 to 60, have they improved? Yes or no. And then seven or 60 to the end of the season, have they improved? Yes or no. Um, yeah. Which I think is a fair point. Um, but... Immediately what comes to mind is the Ducks have had Dallas Eakins as their head coach for not just seven games this season. It's been three years prior, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But Friedman also argued, like, the team has gone on, undergone a huge identity change from the beginning of when we did this show and Dallas Eakins' tenure in 2019 um, to now. And not even just that, from last season, end of last season, or sorry, beginning of last season to beginning of this season. Team is totally different in terms of identity and the roles that a lot of players have. Gets laugh, our captain retired. That's a huge shoe to fill. Lindholm and Manson, yeah. huge parts of the defensive core for the last couple of years were traded with no direct replacements for them. Um, Raquel and Delorier were traded. Um, again, Raquel, goal-scoring winger, didn't re- really replace him until the off season. Delorier, bottom six, big fighting, heavy guy, 
we don't have that anymore. Uh, we mm-hmm. lost Milano, big wing, winger for Zegris. Like, we don't really have that guy with that chemistry yet anyways. So, like, that's a big change for this team between seasons. Um, and then uh, some of the guys needing to step up in leadership roles, like, obviously with Getzlaff gone and Lindholm, Warren A, if I'm not mistaken. I remember correctly. Yeah, if not, I mean, he was around for a while, right? I think we're... Raquel might have had an A as well. Or no, yeah. I, I don't think so. But he, again, he, he'd been around for a while too. So like that's a big change to like just the veteran leadership in the room. And like we don't really have those guys that have been around that long anymore. So like Zegris and Drysdale are kind of the guys that need to step up into the leadership role. Uh, Terry into the, that role too. Fowler yeah. had an A, still has an A, but like now needs to step up more. Um, so just the whole like locker room dynamic has changed. We're definitely more of a skill-based team versus a physical hitting team that the Ducks have kind of always been. So like the team is very different just in the last 12 months. So his argument was, okay, Eakins doesn't work with um, a team where Getzlaff is the captain, Lindholm and Manson are your big D, the we're a heavy, physical, hard-to-play-against team. Like, we're going to be hard on the forecheck. We're going to hit you, like, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But now we're not that team anymore. So his argument was kind of, okay, well, can he do something with this team? Can we take something that has no identity? Can he build an identity and then coach it to some wins? Which I think is a fair point, honestly. I don't know. What do you think? It's It's kind of... Interesting for me, just to uh, go back to like who the leaders were, I guess, like in terms of letters. Yeah. Sure. Uh, when we started, obviously, Getzlaff until uh, this season was the captain. Uh, 1920 was Silverberg and Manson. Okay. Uh, a name. Wow. 2021 was Bacchus, Silverberg, Fowler, Manson. Okay. Um, last year was Henrique, Manson, and Silverberg. And then this year is Henrik Silverberg for Toronto. Wow, I had no idea Manson had an A. Honestly, I, I yeah, I never paid attention to that. So that is so like that's a, it is a massive to the loss. leadership group. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to take a quick look though, in particular, because obviously this is not the first team that Dallas Eakins has coached, as you especially mm-hmm. know very well, Carter. Yeah. Um, the Edmonton Oilers of the early mid 2010s were not great teams no. but <laughs> again there were young guys there that had potential mixed in with some veterans right mm-hmm. uh you had a 21 year old taylor hall who uh in eakin's first season played 75 games put up 80 points mm-hmm. um Right, you had a, a Jordan Eberly who was 23, 80 games played, 65 points. David Perron even was 25 at the time, uh, <laughs> 57 points. Um, right, like yeah, you had a very young 20 year old Nugent Hopkins, um, putting up 26 points in 80 games, but that was always you, you kind of had. Oh, yeah, then you had Neil Yakupov in there as well, even <laughs> uh, playing 63 games and getting 36 points, right? Like, that was your most recent uh, your most recent draft pick at that, at that point, right? Like, yeah. in that lineup, there are three 
first overall picks from the last four drafts mm-hmm. at that point, right? Yeah. And then you had some of the more veteran guys. You had Sam Gagne putting up 41 points. You had a Justin uh you had uh Justin Schultz. Or I guess sorry, Gagne and Schultz were 23-24 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um uh, okay, let's take a look here. You, you, okay, you had uh, Ryan Smith. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was a veteran at that time. Yeah, yeah, thirty-seven at that time. Definitely a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Ferentz, even at thirty-four. He was the captain, um, right? I think for that. It season. doesn't say. He, he, oh no, he actually. Been. Or wouldn't it? Or would it have been Smith? Still, was Ferentz oh. the next year? Maybe. Uh, um, yeah. No, you're probably right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had a Nick Schmaltz. Or Nick Schultz in there as well, right? Uh, oh, Clefbaum was a young guy. Uh, Ladislav Smead was a young guy in there. You had promise in Tyler Pitlick at the time as a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, this was the first season with yeah, uh, this is the, Dallas Eakins? Yeah, yeah, the first season of Dallas Eakins. Like, so okay. there are... like you, There's some, a lot of comparables to this current Ducks team now. Yeah, it's like you had some good guys and... You also had some goalies that played decent, but just didn't really have a whole lot of help in front, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like Ben Scrivens, I remember was yeah was traded that season. Um, mm-hmm. What his first game, he set the record for most saves in a shutout for the NHL, not just the Oilers. Yeah, it was like fifty some, right? Which I think yeah. has only been beaten one time now. Um, you had uh, a decent goalie in a Devin Dubnik before he went to Minnesota there. Mm-hmm. Um, even had Ilya Brzezgalov, who like, oh, yeah. could play decent hockey. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Scrivens there is the best, but kind of a sh- smaller thing of like 21 games, but like a 916. Like y- you had decent goalies and like decent players and that sort of thing. But still came out and he played, he would do one more uh, partial season in Edmonton, um, finishing with a 36, 63, and 14 record. <laughs> that is and again, rough. Like, there were good guys on that team, right? Young guys yeah. and, some, and some good veteran presence that could still contribute, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, put up that a 318 points percentage under Dallas Eakins. Wow, um, that's, that's rough. Yeah, and at this point now with the Anaheim Ducks, seventy-eight wins, one hundred and six losses, and thirty-three overtime losses in two hundred and seventeen games coached for a four thirty-five point percentage. So not like, much better, really. <laughs> like there is, it's not as much right like 113 games compared to 217 but mm-hmm. the the 217 does kind of show that that 113 maybe wasn't necessarily a product of the team itself there were a lot of things going on in edmonton yeah but you could and argue things, that things didn't get resolved when dallas Eakins moved on no, either so but you could argue as well that there were there's been a lot of things going on in anaheim over the last couple of years right yeah Bob Murray's kind of that same GM that's not really wanting to shuffle on certain things and mm-hmm. kind of holding you back in some respects, right? He's not drafting a Neil Yakupov when he probably shouldn't, but mm-hmm. um, just like he's, he's, he's kind of holding your team back a little bit there. Um, 
but and just like yeah like kind of things changing kind of over the course of a year or two uh mm-hmm. and whatnot but like that Oilers team might actually even be a decent comparable um just because like Dallas Eakins is the coach of both of those and similar situations all around yeah yeah it, no, that's he's true. if we're okay we're, we're on the train at this point go for Bedard right tank for Bedard that's the memes that's getting thrown in yeah. on every single like final result on Twitter, right? Is okay, we're we're tanking for Bedard and that kind of thing. And I think was it on the last episode I talked about it's you know, if if you're playing good games and like you're losing to Tampa Bay the like four th- uh, two, right, with an empty net goal in there. Mm-hmm. Right. But like it's a good game, right? Like you you're disappointed, obviously, you lost, but you shouldn't be disappointed in your play whatsoever. Yeah, it comes to, like, the moral victories, right? Yeah, Where, like, yeah. which which does suck to talk about, honestly. Because, yeah. like, I like Especially actual after four victory. years, right? Yeah, but, like, those I can stomach. And I was talking about how, like, if it's embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss, though, things have to change. Mm-hmm. And we've definitely seen those embarrassing losses, right? Yeah. Like Detroit's supposed to be a team that's in the same position as us, right? Like on the up, they've made improvements, right? With a new mm-hmm. GM in there now for, mind you, they've had Eisman for a couple more seasons, but that kind of idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they really stripped things down, right? At least we had like a, like a kind of a basis that was already begun that could be built upon. Um, and we got hammered by them, what, 5-2? Right, um, um, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, like uh, five, here, one, five one. Yeah, okay, here. So again, before Toronto, let's read through the scores here. The one win, Seattle, five four in overtime. If I remember, yeah, yeah, in overtime. Uh, next, you lose to the Islanders, seven one. That's a defensive team, mm-hmm. right? Again, new head coach. That's going to allow them to be more offensive, but that's there like those. Player's play style is more defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then lose to the Rangers 4-6, which looks better, but if you watch the game, like it wasn't at all. They, they it, it was much it was too late. It was uh, a bad game by the Rangers. <laughs> you lose to New Jersey, who I they like they want Lindy Ruff gone more than Ducks fans want Dallas Eakins gone. Mm-hmm. And you lose to them, right? And give New Jersey their first win of the season. You have a good game against Boston, arguably the best game of Honestly, I would say since last November. Yep. That's your best game that you've played. You lose 2-1 in a shootout. Um, and you have John Gibson to thank for that game in particular, right? Oh, yeah. The rest oh, of yeah. the rest of the game was kind of like that that should have been a different score. Um, then you lose to Detroit 5-1, sorry, not 5-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a closer game against Tampa and now you get blown 4-0 against Vegas. Uh, two goals, five on five, one on the power on their on uh, Vegas's power play, and one on your own power play shorthanded. Mm-hmm. So we have Toronto in a couple hours here from when we're recording. Um, that's a team that's on the second half of back to back. They're about to play their third string goalie against us. Uh, Shalgren will be starting that game. Um, apparently, Toronto is historically not great on Sundays, so like there's the potential for Anaheim to do okay. 
I'm still sticking with my thing, though, that they're going to lose that game because it's also the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? They have some offensive firepower, and uh, our defensive system doesn't work. This is this might be the game that kicks Toronto's ass kind of thing and gets them really going because they're a team that's kind of, for what they should be, have struggled. Yeah. Um, the game that I'm or the games that I'm looking at here are these next three. We don't have to go super deep into them. I like we'll go into the one team in particular. Um, San Jose, Vancouver, San Jose again. The San Jose, the San Jose games in particular, because Vancouver, I'm I'm still sticking by for now my idea that Vancouver could be a playoff team, mm-hmm. right? Could be in that top three, because. We, we saw once Bruce Boudreaux took over last year, it is possible, right, for this, for that team to be good as constructed. Yeah. It's very possible. So I'm, I'm holding my breath there. San Jose, though, we are supposed to be well above them. They've played more games, yeah, but, their point per, but their point percentage is better than us. Yeah. Right? And, like, they've at least, yeah, like, they're, they're, they're doing better in the standings. Mm-hmm. If either of those games, especially if both of those games against San Jose in particular, are embarrassing losses, I don't care that you're going for Bedard. You can do it still with how the team is constructed because it's not a great team. There's mm-hmm. potential, but it's not a great team. You can do it with a different coach. Yeah. So it's it, it's not that we're judging after seven games. It's that there's precedent for... Dallas Eakins in similar situations with similar types of rosters with similar things going on around and whatnot. If, if it's not embarrassing losses, we're, we're having Eakins for the rest of the season, right? Yeah. Like that, 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 that's where I'm saying it has to be embarrassing losses for him to get fired. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think those fair. games yeah. coming up against San Jose in particular are the ones that we're going to be looking at. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I, I agree. For sure, because like, like look, while I agree with the whole like, identity thing that um, they were talking about here, there's you, you'll be able to tell after well, we'll be twelve games an eighth of the way through the season ish, yeah. if this team has developed any sort of identity and and guys stepping up into roles and 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 that's Eakins' job is to establish that right. So it's mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think. I agree with you there, but if the tables do start to turn, that's when you can maybe say, okay, we'll hit the 40, 60 yeah. game marks. So Yeah, if if there's improvement and you're still losing, okay, whatever. But yeah. if there's if there's no improvement, like again, we we keep talking especially about the defensive system, but we are talking more about the offense and how it just seems to be just generate chances doesn't matter if they're good or bad kind of thing, mm-hmm. which good is better, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, if like the mentality around how you play, I guess, doesn't change, then it needs to. And it's not going to unless you get rid of him. So, yeah, like a, a Bruce Boudreaux and a John Tortorella give teams an identity. Yeah. Dallas Eakins is the like Flyers a, should not be where the fuck they are right now. Yeah, but John Tortorella is able to get blood out of a stone. Yeah, exactly. And that team is 
where are they sitting right now? Last I saw, they were still like top three in their division. Yeah, I think that, that's probably pretty close. And like the Philadelphia Vancouver. Flyers are currently sitting second in the Metro. Yeah. By the way, for New Jersey, that loss that we had against them kickstarted them to be coming first in the Metro as of today. I think they've been, I think that was the start of a win streak for them, honestly. Yeah, they are 6 3 and 0 now. Yeah, and they started 0 and 3. <laughs> so Detroit is in a playoff spot currently, 4 2 and 2. The Islanders are in a playoff spot right now, 5 4 and 0. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 0 and 2. And then they won three games, lost to Washington, won the next three games. The Devils did. Yeah. So they've uh, won, since beating us, they've went 6 and 1. Yeah. <laughs> But like I name off those teams in particular because you're like, oh, they're in the playoffs. Like they should be good teams. They're not supposed to be good. No, they're not they supposed a, to be the teams no, that are there. But they have an identity, right? And exactly. like Vancouver is a bit of an outlier because they lost the first seven games, but they still had an identity in those games. They yeah. just like sucked at holding a lead, right? So yeah. Um, um and Boston so especially, like that team has an identity that has stuck with them for years, right? Yeah, yeah they exactly. will out muscle you and they will outskill you if they have the chance. Yeah. I've I have this vision in my my head and I don't know where it's from, but like I feel like there's an animated short of just a bunch of like gray blobs and then there's like one and it's like kind of a grayscale animation, and then there's like one like person that's in color or something like that. And it, I don't know, it's, it's like a metaphor for something. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but like the color then like, you know, gradually takes over like the gray blobs. You know, I feel like Dallas Eakins is just that gray blob, you know? Yeah. Like there's just, there's nothing that he's imprinting on anything. He's just like existing, right? Yeah. Like with, with the team, like I'm sure he has a personality or, or whatever, but like he's not giving the team an identity. And yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Enough about was, that. <clears throat> that was a, a lot longer than I thought it was going to uh, be. But speaking of uh, San Jose on Tuesday, you can catch that at seven thirty p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Eric Carlson's doing great. Yeah, but that, that's about it for San Jose. That's all you need to know. James Reimer okay. actually has been okay, and James Reimer. Good. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so, but like outside of those two, this team is about where they should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to predict 3-2 for Anaheim because they will okay. still play down even though they have nothing to play down to. Currently, this is a team that you should be playing up to. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to be hopeful on it. Yeah, 3-2 Anaheim for that okay. Tuesday game. Yeah, that's a decent prediction, I think. Um, I am still going to predict Anaheim until... They win just because I want to be <laughs> optimistic. Um, so, in terms of final score for this one, um, it's Tuesday, you said? Yeah. The San Jose have back to back situation going on. I don't like believe so. Nope. Lost to Tampa Bay Saturday, two days off, then Anaheim, and then a day off Florida. Okay. So, uh, start of a, oh no, middle of a homestand against. Your rival, I'm saying... <laughs> I kind of also want to say 3-2. Can I pick the same score? Is that Sure, go for okay. it. I always like to do something different, but um, but in this case, we'll do the same. Sorry, I'll make this bigger. I realized it's not quite big enough <laughs> for people to see. There we go. Okay. Um, oh, I guess that's the only one we have to predict, hey? Yeah. 
you got close on these ones here. 4-2 Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> five, you predicted 5-2. Uh, you predicted 4-1 against Vegas. It was 4 nothing. So not too shabby. Hey, you were actually close with Detroit too. Close. Yeah, five. five I said five three. Yeah. It was so five one. You, yeah. You're slowly creeping closer. <laughs> Four two against New Jersey. Yeah, that's uh. So I, I think you'll get one of these ones soon. I'm hoping it's the three two one so that I can all. Also yeah, so that you can get it. <laughs> yeah. So, I why do I get the feeling it's going to be Toronto here in a couple hours? Time will tell. Time will tell. Oh. All right, quick. What's what's uh, what's quacking here? All right. So uh, today's what's quacking. Like Carter said, we were we're normally going to be doing these just on Wednesday, but there was a clip from uh, past, I guess, employee of the Anaheim Ducks, uh, Daryl Sutter, that was too good to pass up so this is coming after the game uh last night of calgary versus edmonton uh that's for uh, a brief moment of time in uh in the first period a couple minutes there uh jonathan huberdo had gone down to the the flames locker room and he did kind of have like a bump earlier if i remember correctly in that game but uh there, there were a lot of questions. Is it, a, is it an equipment thing? Is he not feeling great? The trainer did go down, so people were definitely worried for a little bit. Um, and uh, anyway, so during Sutter's press conference last night, a uh, member of the media did ask him, uh, you know, where did like where did Huberto go at that point, right? Like what was, what was going on? So uh, I do have the clip here. I'm just trying to pull it up up okay here we go so this is uh again the daryl sutter press conference from uh saturday night uberdo left the bench for a little bit in the first period are you able to say what it was i think you'd go take a shit <laughs> i think you want to play that one more time just for the people that aren't from alberta that don't can't understand the alberta accent and aren't watching for the captions here Okay, one more time here. Uh, Huberto left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think he had to go take a shit. I think he had to go take a shit. <laughs> and just the, like, okay, I'm just going to go back just a little bit here. It's like partway through the quote. Just listen after the fact. He had to go take a shit. Everyone, everyone had to be too stunned to not laugh at that. <laughs> When like, w- I, I've never heard those words come from a coach. Like when <laughs> nothing even remotely close to that. Like I know there's been instances of like guys having to leave to like go to the bathroom or that kind of thing. Yeah. There, was, uh, there was the one in uh, of uh, Roberto Luongo when he was in Vancouver. Um, I think it was like going into overtime, and the backup goalie came out. I forget who it was at the time. Um, Everyone's like, where, like, where's Luongo? What happened? Kind of thing. And he, he, like, Luongo, yeah, was able to come back for overtime. And I think the Canucks won that game um, Mm -hmm. with Luongo back in net there. This is why you carry a backup goalie, people. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so Luongo said after though that, uh, yeah, his stomach was not doing great. And he had like horrible diarrhea, basically, that he had to like strip out of all his gear and yeah. go kind of thing. So. But like, but that's coming from the source, right? That's yeah, not coming just, from the coach. Sutter just, I think he had to go take a shit. Like, Yeah. 
I you like, can find is that actually what happened, or is that what? Or is he, that like is he, is he just saying like up kind of thing. like yeah. I, like what a stupid question? I'm not going to tell you. Oh yeah, the, he got he's in concussion protocol, or like his arm got twisted, or like that, whatever. Like oh. he's he's not where he doesn't want to say that, so he's just like I just want to get them to not ask me about Huberto anymore. So we're just going to say that. I think he, I think for Sutter though, like if he thinks you're asking a stupid question, like he'll let you know you're asking a stupid question. But is this so his like, way of is, letting you know? No, I, gonna... I, I'm, I'm genuinely, I genuinely think he might be telling the truth there. But like, just the way yeah. that he addressed it was just like Daryl Sutter is very blunt, I guess, when he wants to be very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you and he is a, he's a, way, he has a way with words. That's for sure. You can go on YouTube and find like uh, people call them Sutterisms. You can find like compilations of Sutterisms, and they're fantastic. And this is just going to get added to the list. It's not even oh, a Sutterism. Yeah. It's just him being brutally honest. But like, <laughs> it's, it's definitely getting added. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that was uh, that was too good to to pass up. We didn't want to leave that one until Wednesday, just for uh, how fresh that Dookie was. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's that's a good one. Uh, I, <laughs> I I love Daryl Sutter. Like he's he's so good. Everyone loves him. He's he's loved around the league just for shit like this. It's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it would have yeah. been nice to have him as the coach in Anaheim, not the could you advisor. Imagine? But could you imagine? We got yeah. We just as Ducks fans, it would be so interesting. As as Ducks fans, we be. and and I mean I can pray for this. I have no attachment to Daryl Sutter, but I'm praying that. The Flames just go on like a terrible 20-game losing streak at some point this season out of the playoffs. Um, and then they so they fire Sutter and then Pat Verbeek is like, hey, <laughs> what's up? You up? Uh, <laughs> Text him at midnight yeah. after he's fired. You up? <laughs> you're you're, you're uh, a little too hopeful there. Sutter did get extended two years, like two or three years, I think it was. And I uh, think Sutter had said like after his time in LA that like the only place the only two places that he would go to coach um, would have been like back to Calgary and Chicago where he played. So yeah, but yeah, w- wishful thinking for sure. Uh, I, know, it's just, I know. It's definitely one of those like, Oh, like what if like Daryl Sutter was the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks? Like how could this team look right now? It'd be interesting. So yeah, definitely. But. All right. Well, that is the episode here. We will be back on Wednesday for a live stream, 7 PM Pacific on YouTube at Quack Report Pod as well on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Twitch at the same handle there as well and um, oh yeah merch tqrshop.myspreadshop.com hoping the Mighty Collection will be out soon as well as another one there for you guys Nate if people want to let you know when they are going to take shit where can they do that <laughs> I think there's apps for that we did one with a buddy of ours for a oh, little yeah, bit right. I remember it was yeah. like how like it's like describe it and whatnot. Anyway, if you really want to let me know though how it uh, how it is or that you're gonna go take one, uh, you can t- uh, tweet at me at Tate Namas T A T E N H O M A S and just put us back to the early days of Twitter when that's that's the updates you would get there. So it's just yeah, like, oh so and so about to go take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoyed the freshest dump of my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you can follow myself at. Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 on Twitter there. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Monday edition of the Quack Report. We'll see you on Wednesday for a live stream and go Ducks go. Go Ducks go.